0: So much of what we talk about these days, and so much of what is on our minds is serious stuff. Even when it comes to hospitality, we tend to focus on wellness, sustainability, and comfort, which are all important, of course. But what about fun? Where does that fit into the conversation and design process? How do you create a fun experience? After all, fun isn't just limited to the kids. Hello everyone, my name is Monita Rajpal. Welcome to The Drawing Board, a WATG podcast where we explore the ideas, issues and trends that are being discussed within the design community today as well as among clients and customers. Today, we are talking about fun, how to design it, how to explore a site to see what opportunities there are to create it, what elements are needed for it And how being great at all of this begins with that one characteristic we all have had since we were kids, being curious. Joining me on this episode is Dan Hinch. Dan is Vice President and Senior Planner at WATG. His experience as a landscape architect spans the globe in the areas of boutique hospitality and leisure, golf and ski resorts, as well as educational, retail, residential, and large scale urban mixed use spaces. He is also the recipient of the Prix ville Award for Best Hotel Swimming Pool in Europe for his work on the Regent Hotel Residences in Montenegro. Dan, welcome. First of all, congratulations
1: on yeah, um, you so your
0: baby. The topic that we're focusing on today is how do you design fun? I guess that's going to be your life now, right? Going forward. absolutely.
1: And, you know, you have to live this stuff. You know, and I think pre being a father, I I had a pretty good understanding of what fun was. And now I know that like, I need to protect the sort of fun of the future because there's a new generation who's going to go out and sort of explore the world. Right.
0: Yeah. That's a really, really good way of looking at it. Actually. What was your idea of fun before and what is it now?
1: I, I think coming from where WATG is in hospitality, I think the element of fun within the resort you know, we're, we're always looking for it. We're always looking at how we can bring it in for any generation. We're not just talking about kids clubs here. We're talking about any guest who is coming. They want a part of their holiday or their sort of travel to be about adventure and fun. We're always looking at that. Like, where do you put it in? How do you create those sort of elements of discovery within a resort or a hospitality development? And now it's, I guess it's about like, Also, reacting to what the future guest is after now. We were formulaic with fun a little bit. It was two tennis courts, a nature trail. And now we're starting to really sort of like push further and further into what fun in a hospitality environment can be.
0: The nature of fun is the idea of spontaneity, right? But when you're designing, is there a formula? Do you have to follow a formula? And now, because there were those specific elements that had to be in place. Is it wide open now? Is Has that changed?
1: I, I, I think so. And I think that's the really exciting thing for designers and young designers especially is they can come and they can bring their sort of own story to the design narrative. And, and clients are much more open to it and operators are much more open to it. So where it used to be sort of formulaic and a, and a resort required this amount of stuff for fun, it's open. I, w- I work for a very international design firm and it's amazing from any member of staff, you can get a gold nugget essentially. Uh, and, and they could have a life experience that suddenly you're like, this makes sense in this mm-hmm. environment, or it resonates with the client group. And they're like, let's build that. Let's do that.
0: How has technology changed yeah, I the think, way we look at fun, I guess? Yeah,
1: no, I think it's interesting. I think I
0: was trying to think of like
1: what it meant as a child to enjoy, you know, like what is fun to a child. And it's, it's almost you get that gift and you rather would play with the box that the gift came in. And I, I still think that sort of applies to a resort.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you, you know that that person's where they are mentally when they go on holiday. They want to relax. They want to enjoy themselves. So, so essentially they've already got the gift and then it's about what the resort can do to sort of help them elevate that and and surprise them and take them on a journey and
0: mm. it's
1: it's the moments of discovery and the way that they can sort of you don't want to prescribe it mm. you want them to go and like enjoy the place for themselves
0: when we look at the hospitality sector there are elements where you separate you know families with kids And then this is for the others who don't have kids and want to have alone time. Yep. How does that impact then uh, a cohesive identity of what a fun space looks like? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, it does. And I think like when we're talking about or with clients about where they're positioning the resort, like if if they're thinking that it's very uh, family friendly and they're aiming to 70 to 80 percent of the occupancy of that resort is going to be family focused but there's always going to be an element of couples coming so you you need to sort of you don't want those two things to be completely separate all the time yeah and there has to be crossover but it needs to be controlled um I think not really answering your question because I think I need to think about it a little bit more but the the element that we're really seeing develop is sort of teenagers and young adults. Mm. on holiday going with their parents but wanting their own specific spaces Mm. that going back to your earlier question are very technology driven Mm. they they want to connect they want to play games they want everything to work as it did from wherever they've come from yeah and and their expectation is is that they have these sort of safe private spaces to be able to go and sort of meet like-minded teens and young adults
0: how do you keep pushing the boundaries? How do you keep inventing or bringing something new? Or is that even part of the equation anymore?
1: Yeah, like I think if we think about the kids club, historically it was a square meterage within a building, sometimes with daylight, sometimes not. And it was something that most resort operators wanted to sort of hide or make more discreet to keep Mm. it away from the sort of like lounging the pool areas and the sort of more grown up spaces of a resort but now clients and operators are coming back and saying this is forefront we want to celebrate the the sort of kids club so they're coming outdoors more which is great for us landscape architects yeah. so we get to design really purposeful like experiential landscape spaces where they can go and explore and discover outdoors and it's the forefront of the resort not this sort of thing that's hidden away
0: i love that you mentioned being outdoors how much does nature influence yeah. what you do or inspire what you do?
1: Huge amounts, huge amounts. This whole, you know, we think it's a very grown up thing, the sort of farm to table experience where you see the thing growing, mm. that piece of produce, that, that, that vegetable in the ground, you pick it and then you get to enjoy it. You know, usually it was like a little bit of uh, something that goes into a cocktail. And that was yeah. the moment. And it was like, that's the story. Now it's about like taking the family out, picking fruit from the orchard and really becoming a part of the landscape and really enjoying it. It's it's amazing. And clients and resort operators and things, they're tapping into this market of families with money. They really want to bring these people there. So they want to create the sort of facilities and amenities to do that.
0: How do you go about designing the best swimming pool in Europe? Yeah, so <laughs>
1: it, there's, there's some funny ways. Like, we're doing a renovation of an existing hotel. We know who the guests are. We know that they come back year after year and ask the owners, what have, you, what have you done this year? What's new? What's happening here? So when we decided to renovate this sort of pool complex area, we wanted to do something big. We wanted to put it on the map and say, this is the investment of the owner group to the guests. Um, and so I, I think it was a relatively easy sell. Um, and then we just had to go around looking at the sort of numbers. So you know, you're looking at the ratio of families with kids. Uh, these kids are getting older year after year. So you need to sort of have have that sort of a design that is flexible enough to create mm. those different zones within that sort of pool area as well. Yeah. A lot of the time, you sort of like go in with this grand ambition to sort of do this thing, and you talk to a client and you say, "Is you know, this is what we could achieve here," and they're like. To them, it's hard to understand what the sort of marketing potential of that thing is before you've even started. WATG, the brand, comes with a lot of trust and respect. Hopefully then I follow that with, you know, creating a lot of trust within the design part of what I do um, and what the team does. So then then we just go
0: on a journey. What was that like for you? I mean, personally, to be able to really expand your skill set and to just really go for it?
1: For me, it's the dream come true. I, I get to come to work and I'm essentially still using crayons and drawing and coloring in. I, I get to create the black lines now as well and then yeah. color it in. But, you know, like we, we, we talk with clients and, you know, I work with a team of amazing sort of 3D visualizers. And, you know, we use technology here like I've never seen anywhere else in any other firm. And we create these worlds in 3D before we even go to construction. So Mm. we get the client to buy into what we're trying to do before they've actually really spent any money in construction or anything Mm. else.
0: It's such an incredible thing, but it's also a very difficult thing to do well, isn't it? Designing fun, incorporating that into a luxury hotel or residential space is something that is extremely difficult to do or to do right.
1: Yes, and to create sort of timeless fun yes, without it becoming sort of cliche or pastiche, you know, we, we want it to last at least 10 years, yeah. if not longer. Um, and part of that is like us doing our job well enough mm. that, you know, it, even in five or 10 years, this still reminds people of why they come. If they're new to the property, it's exciting. If, if they're returning, it's yeah. still exciting. And that's a real challenge.
0: Are the core elements emotional or physical, or are they both?
1: Both. Whatever you're designing and whatever space you have, you want to maximize the potential. And you want to create a space that, A, allows people to be in. And this is where the sort of internal visualization happens. But you want people to be very comfortable in that space when they're on holiday. Mm. And so you have to slow everything down and you have to make the arrival to these areas, very, very considered. Whether you're going from a journey from the drop-off and the arrival of the hotel down to the pool scene, you you want to sort of choreograph every moment for them. And if they decide to say one day they want to go off track and go and explore somewhere else, that has to be part of that choreography, if that makes sense. You know, it's Mm
0: -hmm.
1: nothing is sort of done without thought. Which, which then, when you, when you realize that everything is very considered, it's amazing that it actually turns out to be quite fun. <laughs> and mm. so, so I, I think because of the attention to detail and the thought behind that, we get more long-lasting design and, and more enjoyment out of these spaces.
0: Where do your ideas come from?
1: Oh, that's an extremely good question. Um, I, think, I think as a team, you know, we're, we're 22 sort of landscape architects and sort of master planning or resort master planners. As a team, we sit down over a design and we charrette, design charrette. So in the first couple of weeks of a project, everyone throws out ideas. Uh, they bring images, we create image boards, we talk about the potential of this project based on its location. hmm so you, you, know, you assess the topography, the access, the s- scale and space. And then, I, I, yeah, to be honest, every, every design is different and every design has someone else's idea into it. It's never just one person. So think where the nugget of the idea came from and what actually got built, I, I couldn't put it down to one thing or one person.
0: I think that's one of the things I love about what you do, your profession, is is that ability to take an idea and expand on it and to bring it to life. Absolutely. It's not easy to do, but you do it.
1: Yeah. And I feel very privileged to be able to do it.
0: Yeah.
1: And and I, I feel privileged to be able to work with clients who, some clients come and they sort of know what they're after and they know what they want, but they can't illustrate it. So then for us, it's about trying to unlock from them what their words and what their thoughts mean in reality. Yeah, That to me is really something quite special. And I get a lot of enjoyment and fun out of that piece.
0: Yeah. Just trying to get into their minds and yeah, yeah, translate what it is they're trying to say. Yeah. And, and, you
1: know, you, you listen to someone. So listening is a big part of it. You listen to someone and then you try and illustrate out to them what you've heard. And sometimes you get it wrong. And that's not a personal thing. I don't, I don't take anything personally. <laughs> I just say, okay, I haven't quite understood or I haven't quite heard you. So, you know, and then that's, you know, we use a lot of reference images, you know, that some of these people are very well traveled. They've experienced a lot. And so we try and gather from their experience, from their life, what it is they want to create.
0: What have been some of the more challenging projects that you've worked on and what have you learned from them?
1: The majority of the projects that you find the most challenging are when you're not talking to either the end user,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the end operator or the end client. And there's some projects that you get a lot of and and this is based on the scale or location of these projects. If you get a lot of sort of design or project management in between you and and those this sort of end user group, it gets harder to truly find the essence of the project. And you sort of respond to people that, you know, they're not as invested or they don't quite understand the vision of the project and things like that. that that's the, the, that's sort of the, the struggle of those yeah. things, I guess.
0: It always uh, boggles my mind how you come up with these ideas. Obviously that's why you do what you do and i do what <laughs> I do, but you know, it's it just, I, I, I wouldn't, where do you even begin? I
1: think you you begin by encouraging
0: your children, and
1: this goes out to all parents out there, to let their children be creative and, and whatever they come up with, sort of congratulate them because some of that stuff is magic.
0: Yeah. And
1: I I've, was very fortunate. I had a, a mother that said, you know, what I was making as a child was really interesting. And I think I just held on to that belief that, you know, what I was thinking and creating as a child was interesting and managed to make a career out of it.
0: (laughs) That's amazing, though. I think that's where it starts, though, isn't it? There's a spark that is in you and that spark was nurtured by those around you. Was it something that you always wanted to do?
1: Always, always wanted to be creative. I, I grew up on a farm in the South Island of New Zealand. Which is maybe not
0: the most creative place, you know. Are you kidding? Yeah. Nature is probably the most creative uh, inspiration out there or influence out there. Yeah, but the day-to-day grind of the farm was
1: sort <laughs> yeah, of that's like... true.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but I, I learned a lot and and you know, I got to explore and see, you know, the realities of a lot of life as well from an early age. Yeah. Um and it's it's really interesting being able to now mentor junior people coming in into the team and things. I, I can see their sparks of creativity. And it's like, mm. okay, let's let's open that up. Let's discuss that. Let's find out what really is your passion. Yeah. And then let's design around it and get them to present it to clients. And and you can see them growing. So for me, that's not only do I love the design part, I now love the sort of like talent and the growth of the team.
0: That also is so important too as as a professional because that's how we also grow, isn't it? by helping others expand their uh, way of thinking and, and how they see what they do and how they see the world. We talked a lot about the elements that are needed to create the right and the perfect kind of space that would be felt enjoyable and yes, fun. What are some of the no-no's?
1: That's a very good question. I, don't, I actually don't know if there are any. Like, mm. I don't think there's a specific thing not to try or challenge. I think, obviously, just making sure that people feel safe, Yeah. making sure that I I had the very, very good fortune, and I'm thinking of a project in specific, in Istanbul, in the city, Mm -hmm. we got to do the landscape within a very, like, serious, mature high-rise development. So the ground floor was ours inside this internal sort of donut of high-rise buildings. And in the end, we made a, a playground. And it's an adventure playground with, like, it is going to be the most amazing once complete. It's under construction at the moment. But off the back of that, we, we talked about, like, making sure that it was safe for the sort of zero to three, four to six. So so you still need to design age-appropriate spaces so that they feel like they can, A, have fun and challenge themselves without becoming afraid because that's the last thing. that That's the no-no. Making sure that, you know, there's there's no fear when they're enjoying themselves.
0: I've often heard that design is kind of like telling a story and any project that you embark on is storytelling in a sense. And when the end user is finally able to experience it, they understand that story. Where does fun play in that story?
1: I think the way that we approach it is both, yes, the narrative and the story of what we're trying to create is so important. That's the thing that we hang our hat on at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And if the client buys into that story, it's so much easier to get everything across the line because we're all singing off the same page. I think the way that we go around sort of uh, making sure that we have that fun or that enjoyment sort of built into everything is we look at... um, a sort of 24-hour calendar for the resort or daily calendar for the resort and we look at how the guests will use those spaces and so that at any time during the day they should be able to go and find a place or a thing that really unlocks that fun and it should change we have the very good fortune of working with some amazing lighting designers for example who transform day to night and create fun in spaces that were once not so fun <laughs> so so you can use every part of the landscape in a resort to make sure that you can sort of create the opportunities for that enjoyment.
0: I wonder, you know, I was told many, many years ago when I was starting out in in broadcasting and and television, I was told many years ago that I would be ruined for television because I'm going to know how the insides work, right? Right. Is it the same for you as a person who goes say you know if you're going on holiday with your family to a space that wasn't designed by you would you be there picking out things or would you be going and you know what kind of a hotel guest are you you yes and no and and
1: I try not to but you can't help (laughs) yourself (laughs) in a designer is just like wondering why some decisions were made always Yeah. yeah my partner I, I try and not let her cotton on too much that I'm spending <laughs> most of my time. What, what? Usually wondering if I should just offer my services, right? Like, <laughs> I just come and like help these guys, or do sketches on, that thing, you know? and then you turn into that guy, and you do not want to do that. Um, no, I, I think, you know, I think. We're fortunate enough like to have had a lot of experience you can I, I've designed some things that haven't worked as well as they should have and I think you've got to give people a little bit of grace and, and you know enjoy it for what it is I do always look I think for the opportunity and I think where I come from like that opportunity where they've used maybe the negative aspect of the site, maybe there was something that they didn't like about it. And, and can you elevate that to become the sort of most unique or precious moment of that site? Yeah. yeah no, I'm a shocker on holiday, to be fair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, um, well, okay, on, on the flip side then, have there been places that you've gone and said, wow, this is great.
1: Yeah. I, and
0: I wish I did that.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I had the amazing opportunity to travel with my like extended family to South America a few mm. years ago. And we went and did the Inca Trail. And, you know, I, so seeing the the sort of ruined temples and things, the remains, and you're like, that to me is like some sort of permanence in design yeah, because it's still there and it's still beautiful. And you can still see how much they sort of would have enjoyed like living in that sort of these terraces and these amazing sort of landscapes. I know that, you know, like times were probably much harder, but I think as kids you'd sort of grow up there going, this is pretty amazing as well. Yeah.
0: I think that's so important, isn't it? It's something that we can often forget because there's a sense of fun as frivolous or can be seen as frivolous, but if you can find or design something that continues to grow and elicit excitement and joy for generations. I mean, that's a feat, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So I worked on an amazing project down in Mauritius. It's called the Fernie Estate. And historically, WATG had designed two 18-hole golf courses into what was sugar plantation land. Okay. And I don't know if you know this about Mauritius, but it has the ebony tree, which is endemic to Mauritius, which is the black sort of hardwood that they made yeah. piano keys out of. And it was decimated through like shipping and things going through. So what we turned around, this was like 12 years later after those initial master plans, yeah. was said to the client team, what if we didn't do golf? What if we did a native restoration project and we replanted Kebany trees? And that when you purchased a house or came and stayed at the resort, you bought into that. And so we managed to convince them to take out the Gulf and do probably one of the largest uh, native restorations in Mauritius that's ever taken place. And that's fun to me.
0: (laughs) That's amazing.
1: Yeah. We sort of challenged them and said, you know, is this the best thing for this piece of land? And is there an element of like bringing back what was? that you can sort of use. Um, So no, it was, it was so exciting. And I guess the, not only is is it exciting in what we managed to do, but it's, it was the fun that we had with the client to try and sort of like change the mindset around it.
0: How did you do that? How did you change the mindset? Because I could imagine them saying, well, no, you know, this is what we do. We want to be, we want to have a resort. And again, it's one of those formulaic elements that would, categorize us as a resort. So how did you manage to change their minds?
1: Yeah, we spent a lot of time with them on site. Mm. A lot of, fortunately, they'd already started a very small initiative where they were going through and they were sort of looking at the native species and how they could enhance it. So mm. we said, why don't you now make profit off this or ma- manage to sell this thing that you're already doing? Mm. And, and, you know, and, and we put our hand on our heart and said what we designed 10 or 15 years ago isn't appropriate now. Unfortunately, because we had that history with the client team, we, I think we all agreed that maybe we were doing the right thing in the long run. So, yeah.
0: I love that. That's such that's such a great story and, and that it's something that's going to stay and, and yeah. kids will always remember and see and know and take pride in their heritage.
1: Absolutely. And those owners who are buying into it yeah. are buying to protect the island, the, the asset, right?
0: Yeah. So what do you look for when you – are visiting places. What do you look for? That's your idea of fun.
1: I think for, for me, I, I, I live in the UK. I have for the last sort of like uh, 13 years and a lot of my family is still down in New Zealand. So for me, I look for um, meaningful community or communal spaces, mm-hmm. spaces that are not just bringing together guests of a hotel, but maybe are bringing together local people as well. Mm. So anywhere that there's an interaction between and a celebration of what's happening locally. For me, that's really important. I I don't think today's guest is trying to go, you know, if they're taking a flight and they're traveling somewhere, they don't then want to be within a sort of gated development of a resort. They sort of want to experience what is happening locally, traditions, culture, food.
0: I guess it comes down to, again, the very simple but also extremely important guiding force in everything that you do, which is it comes down to the people using it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's people, connections, and have feeling connected to a place through the people. Yeah. And and
1: making sure that there's an authenticity to the design and the place, making sure that I think, you know, we we encourage clients and hotel operators to Really embrace the opportunities that they have wherever it is in the world and make sure that they feel like they have connected with the local population and community and that there's something for everyone there.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope this has been fun for you.
1: I feel like this is a really important topic.
0: I think it's often
1: overlooked, isn't it? It is overlooked. It is overlooked. It's overlooked when. Clients start worrying about the return on investment and things yeah. like that. And when yeah. it really gets granular, you're like, hold on, hold on guys. Yeah. Fun, to be honest, doesn't need to cost no. a huge amount. And, and that's the other thing. It's very hard to quantify, but when you get people enjoying themselves at your project, there's nothing better.
0: Amazing. Dan, thank you so much for your no time and for your thoughts and, for enjoying this time with me. I really appreciate it. It's been a real pleasure meeting you.
1: No, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed myself as well. Thanks, Monita.
0: Dan Hinch, joining me from London. You've been listening to The Drawing Board, a WATG podcast. I'm Monita Rajpal. Until next time, thank you for listening.